Welcome to another inspirational message from Dave Coop, Senior Pastor of Coastal Church in Vancouver, Canada. We're on a series this month called Get Rhythm, and if you missed last week, you've got to go watch it on the website, if nothing else, to get the intro. The intro was the best part, and uh, you'll get that little tune running through your head, Get Rhythm, when you've got the blues, Get Rhythm. We've got a lot of Canadians that fight depression in the world today. Uh, they tell us that of all the things people are going to the doctor for in Canada, the number one is depression. And the way out of depression is to get rhythm, get yourself in sync with God, and get yourself in sync with other people. Get your life in sync is a good idea. Uh, how many here have ever struggled with getting your life in rhythm, just getting a pace, getting in sync? Uh, let me see your hands. The rest of you, we need you to talk today because I can learn from you. i got a lot to learn about getting in rhythm. But I'm in good company. I'm not the only person that needs to learn how to get into rhythm. I found out that Fozzie Bear from the Muppet Show, he also has trouble getting in rhythm. And I want to show you that, a little clip of that, to prove that we're not the only ones who struggle with rhythm. He also struggles with rhythm, so we're in good company. Here's a little clip to get started this morning. Hold on. You start rolling. It goes like this. Let me show you. I got rhythm. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I got gotcha, rhythm. Gotcha, gotcha. Now. I got rhythm. I got No, no, no. Fuzzy, Fuzzy, hold one second. Let me, let me make one little change here. Okay, let's sing it. Yes, sir. This week, we're going to take another look at rhythm, uh, and hopefully when we leave today, we'll have a better understanding of rhythm. There's no way we can cover all of this topic this morning about rhythm and relationships, but if nothing else, hopefully it just gets you thinking about rhythm and how to get into a rhythm in the relationships you have in your life. First of all, we're designed to live in rhythm. We are created for rhythm your body functions on rhythm your heartbeat is a rhythm your breathing is a rhythm your sleep pattern is a rhythm we're created for rhythm and if we want to have rhythm in our relationships the first thing we have to understand is i'm created for rhythm the world puts a lot of emphasis on balance balance your life balance out your work with your recreational time and your family time and balance out your diet balance this balance that Maybe a better word we should be looking for is the word rhythm. Balance is static. You have it just for a little while and then it's gone. Whereas rhythm is a flow. Rhythm comes from a Latin word which means to flow. You have a flow in your life. There's not this struggle. You, you actually enjoy life. You were meant to enjoy life. Our Lord said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. There's this abundant flow, this abundant life that we have. But I think rhythm is a part of that, to get into a rhythm of life, to know your seasons of life, to know the relationships, and to get into a rhythm. We said last week, I think people that are rural 
they get a better understanding of it because they live more by the seasons. They know the harvest time. They know the resting of the soil. They know the seed time, and they, they get into a flow of it. As urbanites, we're just kind of busy all the time, always going, and there's times when you just step back and say, wait a minute, I need to get into a rhythm in my life. And rhythm in relationship is really important. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, it's there in your notes. It says, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you're you grow old and no longer enjoy living. Too many people get old and they no longer enjoy living. They, they forgot to get this foundation when they were young. So if you're young today, young adults, a bunch of our young adults just came back from a road trip. They went down to a conference and they're back. And one of the best things you can do is when you're younger or as soon as possible, understand your creator, get in a rhythm with God. And when you grow older, you're still going to be enjoying life. I had supper the other night with this couple, Cheryl and I did, and, and they were sharing about a friend they had. He no longer lives in Vancouver, now lives in London, and uh, he amassed a lot of money, did really good here in the city, made a lot of money, now living overseas in another place, and he was just sharing how empty, how hollow his life was, and he was no longer enjoying living. And he was really busy, made a lot of money, had a lot of things, but he was empty. The worldview is this. Life is about what you have and about what you do. That's how we rate people. What do you have and what do you do? We notice the clothes they wear, the cars they drive, what do you do for a living? And that's how we kind of rate people. And if we live that way, get squeezed into that mold, it's very difficult to get a rhythm in life. That's why Solomon here, here the wisest person that ever lived, said, you know what? Get to know your creator when you're young. Get in sync with him. And when you're older, you're going to be enjoying life as well. When you look at God, God's all about rhythm. When you look at creation, if you go back and read Genesis and just read how God created, it's all rhythm. The planets, the light, the day, the evening, the sea, the seasons, harvest, planting, fruit time, all the rest of it. It's all seasons. God's a God of rhythm. We're created to be in rhythm. Every, nature speaks of rhythm. So when you learn to know your creator, you'll learn that life's about rhythm. So first of all, we have to be aware that we're designed to live with rhythm. Secondly, our relationship with God is fundamental in having harmony with others. If we don't have a harmony, a rhythm with God, a, uh, a vertical harmony, it's very difficult horizontally with other friends to have this thing working for us. Firstly, you've got to get in rhythm with God. That is a huge step forward in having great relationships with other people. Look at Romans chapter 15, verse 5. It's there in your notes. It said, May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other, each with the attitude of Christ Jesus toward the other. In other words, when you get encouragement from the Lord, when you get patience from the Lord, relationships take a lot of both of that, a lot of encouragement, a lot of patience. But when you get in harmony with God, you can be in harmony with other people. If you're out of sync with God, you'll find yourself out of sync with other people. Just take, for example, forgiveness. If you receive forgiveness from God, it's easy to forgive others because you've received something from him, and in your relationships, you can give it away. But if you're out of sync, out of harmony, out of rhythm with God, you'll find relationships are harder to keep because you're not in rhythm with him. How do I get in sync with God? One of the best things we can do, and this won't be new, but it's very important, one of the best things we can do is have a rhythm to our prayer life. 
Do you have a rhythm to your prayer life? Is there rhythm in the morning? Do you start your morning by saying, oh, good Lord, it's morning? Or do you say, good morning, Lord, how, how do you start your day? You know, is there a time in the middle of the day where you get away? Daniel, if you study his life, he had a rhythm. It said three times a day he met with his Lord. Do you have a ritual? Rituals can be okay. There can be a rhythm that is in your prayer life where you, you get away. The Lord went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Why? There was a rhythm. There was a pattern in his prayer. What's your prayer closet? Where do you go on a regular basis to pray? What's the rhythm that you have with God? Rhythm is good. Gets you in the flow. You don't realize it's that insignificant, significant. It doesn't seem that significant, but it, it's that rhythm. Having a, a regular time to go to bed doesn't seem that significant, but your body gets in a rhythm and it's healthier because of it. Your prayer life needs to have a rhythm to it. When you read your Bible, it should have a rhythm to it. When you journal, it should have a rhythm to it. And you have to develop what works for you. What works for your mate, neighbor might not work for you. you. You can't really cookie cut this thing, but there needs to be a rhythm. The very fact that you're in church this morning tells me that you've got a certain amount of rhythm because you came to church on Sunday, even though the sun runs on and you could have said, oh, you know what, there's going to be challenge parking. I've got to cross the street. There's all this activity going on. But you, you said, no, I'm going to come to church on Sunday. So there's a rhythm in your life on Sunday, I'm going to be in God's house. On Sunday, it's my Sabbath and I'm going to rest. God created the week and he, he rested on the seventh day, not because he was tired, not because, oh, man, I worked really hard. I worked six days creating and now I've got to take a break. God gave us an example of rhythm. God has rhythm. And we need to have that Sabbath. We need to have that rest period. I mentioned last week, they tried an experiment for a while in Russia where they changed it from a seven-day week to a 10-day week. And it was a disaster. The people didn't, it didn't work out. God had already set in motion the rhythm for us every seventh day to rest, to relax, to go for a walk, to, you know, go for a swim, to have a nap. Wouldn't that be an idea? To, to just read a book, to have an afternoon tea, to sit down and just meditate on some scriptures, to go to church, to just rest, to put the work aside for a day. Oh, but you don't know me, man. I, I'm busy. I, I don't have time for that. Well, you know, you, you don't have to if you don't want to. God just says, I'll give you a day off, and I'll bless you for taking a day off. I mean, you can work really hard if you want to, but you're going to be out of sync, you're going to be out of rhythm, and you won't have the flow in life. But you don't understand. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, because right now my company's making a lot of money. Okay, your company's making a lot of money, but let me ask you a question. What are your relationships like? What's it like with your wife? Or what's it like with your husband? What's it like with your mother? What's it like with your kids? What are your relationships like? Because life isn't about having more things and going more places and doing more things. Life is really about a relationship with God and a relationship with your family and people, right? Because when you die, nobody says, I want another deal. Nobody says, I need some more stuff. What do you say when you're, when you're at death's door? What do you say? You say, am I right with God? Did I do everything God asked me to do? Am I right with God? And where are my family? You see the big things at death's door. So rhythm comes, first of all, understanding one, we need to have rhythm. Secondly, we need to be in this rhythm with God. Thirdly, we need to have priorities set for our time and energy 
to bring rhythm needed for healthy relationships. If you're healthy, it's easy to have healthy relationships, much easier. But if you're unhealthy, it's hard to have healthy relationships. Healthy people have healthy relationships. Healthy people attract relationships. Unhealthy people, I'm talking more emotionally than physically, it's harder to have healthy relationships. So it's key to keep yourself healthy. In what way? In the natural ways. Having a rhythm of sleep, having a rhythm in your diet, having a rhythm in your prayer time, just having a rhythm in your life, a pace in your life, promotes healthy relationships. Having boundaries, having margins, those things we build into our lives so that we're healthy. This is Matthew chapter 22, verse 39. This is what the Lord said, love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love yourself enough to have a rhythm and a pace to your life, it's very difficult to be in good relationships with other people. And sometimes people try to throw you off your rhythm, try to take you out of your boundaries. Rhythm has boundaries. If you monitor a heartbeat, it's got a boundary. It's got a peak and the lower level. It has to stay within that certain boundary. Rivers have boundaries. The sea has boundaries. And there's rhythm, but there's a boundary. If it goes outside the boundaries, it's not healthy. Rhythm has a natural, healthy boundary. So if we want to have good relationships... Number one, understand you need rhythm. Number two, understand you have to have this rhythm with God. That's very important. In sync with him. In sync with your creator. And then thirdly, you have to practice getting your life in rhythm. How many know that takes some discipline? That takes some choices. You have to be, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make a choice the way I, I go to bed. I'm going to make a choice the way I pray. I'm going to make a choice. I go to church on Sunday. I'm going to make a church. I'm going to make some choices to get my life in a flow, in a rhythm. I think today we're perhaps better called human doings than human beings. We're we're too busy doing, doing, doing instead of being who we are. We were created for rhythm. There's a good book downstairs in the bookstore I'll promote in here. It's a good place to throw it in there. Bruce Miller wrote a book called Your Life in Rhythm. And uh, if it's sold out, I don't know if it's sold out downstairs yet or not, but because uh, we promoted it last night. But if not, it'll be back again next week. And he writes again in this book all about the importance of putting rhythm in your life. I encourage you to pick it up if you have a chance. Uh, verse, Luke 21, verse 34, it's there in your notes. But take heed to yourself, the Lord speaking here, lest your hearts be weighed down. This is actually translated in another version, negatively charged. You can have a negative charge on your heart by what? Carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. Carousing is actually also translated surfeiting, which means overeating. It's possible to weigh down your heart to get it out of balance by these things, and then that day come on you unexpectedly. It's important to have your life in sync if you want to have good relationships. So, turn over the page, number four. In life, we need to understand that there are seasons of relationships, and they're going to vary. To have a rhythm in relationships, understand that for a while... You may have a, for example, if you're an ESL student and you come to Vancouver, you're going to make relationships with people that are here. The best thing you can do is say, I am going to absolutely enjoy this season. I'm here in Vancouver. I'm taking my English uh, secondary language course, and I'm absolutely going to enjoy this season. And you make the very best of it. You enjoy it. You make friends. You go over Tim Hortons, and you do your notes there. And then you, and you hang out, and you see the Vancouver, and you enjoy it. You're here for a season, for a couple of years, maybe a year, and then you move on. Some of those relationships you'll keep, but a lot of them, it was for that season. You get in a rhythm, understand it's for a season I have this relationship. When we lived in Saskatchewan, we had some amazing great friends in Saskatchewan. To this day, some of them are still close friends, but a lot of them, 
We're no longer in contact with them like we were. But there was a season where we had amazing friendships with them. And you have to understand that this is just the rhythm of life. We could look back and say, oh, you know what? We, we so miss our friends. I so wish we had those friends. And oh, if, they, if the people in Vancouver were just like the people on the prairies. And we could live still in the prairies. How many know that our life would be, we would not enjoy life here. And sometimes you talk to people, they just talk about the country they came from, or if it was just like this, if the food was like this, if the culture was like that, I could enjoy life here. You have to just wake up and say, hey, wait a minute, I'm here, I'm in the now. Now I am in Vancouver, so now I'm going to look around, I'm going to enjoy the relationships God's put in my life today. I might be in Vancouver for who knows how long, and then another season will come. People will move here and people will go. The idea is to enjoy the people God put in your life today. Maybe you're in a home group today or a life group, and you're in this life group for maybe a couple of years, and then somebody moves and somebody moves, and there's a new season. That life group has moved on, and now there's a new group. Well, you enjoy the season that you're in. Don't live in the past and don't say, oh, you know, when I ever get out of Vancouver, if I could just get out of here, and if I could just get over to this other place, then my life will be in rhythm. No, God says you can enjoy life where you are today. Enjoy this season. We're to live in the now. Now faith is. Last week we talked about the difference of time. There's kairos time and chronos time. Chronos is cyclical. It's quantity. Kairos is quality, qualitative. It's right now. God came in a kairos moment, and he intersected the chronos of time, and Jesus came. There are God moments, God opportunities in every season of your life. If our need is relationships, I mean, God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You memorize that verse, right? Isn't one of our greatest needs relationships? Aren't we designed for relationships? Aren't we designed for rhythm? Then wouldn't it make sense that wherever we are in the now, that God would position people around us that we could live in relationship? Sometimes we miss it because we're still living in the past. We're holding on to a relationship that's moved on instead of enjoying the relationship we have today in our lives around us. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Today's Mother's Day and we're honoring mothers. And, you know, in, in part of relationships, we notice that there's seasons in our family. There's, there's a season in our life where we have little children and they're, they're toddlers and then they're teenagers and then they're young adults and then they're adults. And when you have kids, you can say, oh, man, I wish these kids would grow up. I can't wait for my kids to get out of the diaper stage. If I could just, oh, I'm so tired of changing diapers. And, and we get all frustrated with it. Oh, they're just teenagers and then they're teenagers. Oh, when will you ever grow up? God's saying, just enjoy them when they're 13. Enjoy them when they're three. Enjoy the season of the life that we're in. Instead of waiting for another time. And say, oh man, I just wish little Johnny was four again. He was so much fun when he was four. He's not four, he's 14. Love him as 14. He doesn't want to be treated like four. He wants to be treated like a man now, all right? Call him a man, not a baby. Don't call him little Johnny anymore. Treat him like a man. It's a new season. Get in the rhythm. Get in the rhythm of life. And you'll have a healthy relationship. Oh, if you would just grow up. Well, you know what? I'm 14. I'm not 24, Mom. I'm 14. I, my room isn't always clean. Hello. <laughs> I work on that. Understanding the seasons of life. There's an evolution. As time goes on, we, as, we, as we have more children, we get more relaxed in the seasons. And I, I read this article about the evolution of mothers. 
being a parent changes everything. Being a parent also changes with each baby. Here are some of the ways having a second and third child is different from having the first. The first baby, you begin wearing maternity clothes as soon as your doctor confirms your pregnancy. Your second baby, you wear your regular clothes for as long as possible. The third baby, you, your maternity clothes are your regular clothes. <laughs> I didn't make this up, all right? Preparing for birth. Your first baby, you practice breathing religiously. Your second baby, you don't bother practicing birth, practice breathing because you remember the last time breathing didn't do a thing. And the third baby, you ask for an epidural in your eighth month. <laughs> your first baby, you pre-wash your newborn's clothes, color coordinate them, and fold them neatly in the baby's little drawer. The second baby, you check to make sure that the clothes are clean and discard only the ones with the darkest stains. The third baby, girls can wear blue, can't they? <laughs> Your first baby, at the first sign of distress, a whimper, a frown, you pick up the baby. The second baby, you pick up the baby when, when he or she wails and threatens to wake your firstborn. The third baby, you teach your three-year-old how to rewind the mechanical swing. <laughs> the first baby, if the pacifier falls on the floor, you put it away until you can go home and wash and boil it. The second baby, when the pacifier falls on the floor, you squirt it off with some juice and put it back in the baby's mouth. The third baby, you wipe it on your shirt and you pop it back in. You're getting in the rhythm with the third baby. The first baby, you change your baby's dirty diapers every hour whether they need it or not. The second baby, you change their diaper every two or three hours if needed. And the third baby, you try to change their diaper before others start to complain about the smell or see the sagging diaper. Your first baby, you take, to your infant, you take your infant to baby gymnastics, baby swing, and baby story hour. Your second baby, you take your infant to baby gymnastics. Your third baby, you take to the supermarket and the dry cleaner. <laughs> The first baby, you spend a good bit of every day just gazing at the baby. The second baby, you spend a bit of every day watching to be sure your older child isn't squeezing, poking, or hitting the baby. The third baby, you spend a little bit of every day hiding from the children. <laughs> so as life goes on, we get more rhythm, and you realize there's different seasons. In order to be healthy and have healthy relationships, you have to understand there's seasons in life and there's seasons in relationship. And it helps to build in routine to have a rhythm in your relationships. In your home, some, again, insignificant significance make a big difference. Do you know having a daily supper hour is huge in having rhythm in your family? Having a daily bedtime ritual with the children is so important for rhythm in the home. Taking your children to church on a Sunday is huge for rhythm in your family. God designed it this way. Having a regular vacation to the same place, this is huge for rhythm in homes and families. Experts tell us that when you start taking out a daily supper, you start taking away a daily bedtime ritual, you start taking away that, daily, that yearly vacation, you, start, you stop going to church on a regular basis. And man, if I can just go to guys' cases for a bit. Man, if you ever want to man up, here's how you do it. Get your family to church every Sunday. Come hell or high water, you're in church. You know, that's one of the best things you could do on a Mother's Day to speak to your families is to every week, we're there. I don't care what's up, we're in church. Why? Because God 
It was God's idea. So, well, that, 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 that spiritual department my wife's department. You know, she kind of, she sets the rhythm in the home. And mums do set the rhythm in the home. But there's something about a man saying, Carl Gustav, when he was here, spoke about that. He said, you know what? There's days my kids would fight all the way to church. There's days it was just so tough. But at the end of the day, there was a rhythm in our home. There was a flow in our home. There was a pattern. There's something about a pattern. God designed pattern. Sunrise, sunset. Sunrise, sunset. Tide comes in, tide goes out. Tide goes in, tide goes out. We need to have rituals built into our home. And there's some healthy rituals that you have to contend for to have healthy relationships. We contend for having supper hour. We've had to fight for it. One of the biggest reasons we moved downtown, we liked where we lived, but one of the biggest reasons, probably the number one reason, right, Cheryl, was we said, we want our supper hour back. We were losing our supper hour. It was too difficult for us to get back to where we were, to have our supper hour. And so we said, we want at least three or four nights a week. We don't get it every night. I wish we were there. But we get three or four nights a week where we have supper hour, we have devotions, and we have to fight for that. But I know it's key for the rhythm of our home. Every Sunday night, all the family comes over, we have family night. And it's kind of crazy. One of our family members says, like living in a musical. At any time, a song's going to burst out, and, and it's, it's crazy. But it's a good crazy. There's, there's a rhythm to it. But that rhythm produces healthy relationships. Much more so, your families need that than more things. Your family need that than more stuff. We, we, we pride ourselves as Vancouverites by saying, how's your week going? Oh, man, I was busy. I was super busy. Well, let me, were you in a rhythm, though? Were there, was there a rhythm in your life? Was there a pace? Because at the end of the day, that pace, that rhythm, leads to more productivity than just running flat out at every opportunity you see. Rhythm in relationships, rhythm in home is huge for living healthy. Number five, so we want to understand, again, the rhythm is important. Get rhythm with God. Get your rhythm going in your own life to have healthy relationships. Understand there's seasons in relationships. Here's another example of seasons in relationships. You have a, a couple comes to church and they, they, they start, or the, a guy comes to church, starts dating somebody. He's going to a life group. And then he brings his girlfriend to the life group. And she's okay with it, but it's just kind of different. But now they're going to get married. And now they want to go to a life group with other married couples. So there's a rhythm. Now we're going to go to a different type of life group, one with other couples. That's okay. That's natural. There's, there's a flow. There's a rhythm. So you enjoy that season when you're a single. Now I'm going to enjoy the season with married couples. There's, there's a rhythm. But if you say, man, I just want to live back there in my single life, it's not going to be a healthy relationship. So understand the seasons that you're in and even the seasons of your relationships is key for having healthy relationships. The other thing is there's different levels of relationship. And if you place somebody at a different level of relationship than that they're, that they're in, you're going to be frustrated and not have a rhythm. You're going to have people that are very close to you in that intimate circle. You'll have maybe two or three people like that in your life. This intimate level are those people that you could have a bad hair day and they'll still come over and hang out with you. You, don't, you can make macaroni and cheese and they still love you. You don't have to put on a steak dinner. They're glad just to have 
uh, you know, whatever you got in the cupboard. They go to the fridge by themselves. They pull something out, and, and they, that's, that's intimate level. But you don't have a lot of those people in your life. Most of that intimate level, they'll go with you through the seasons of life. But if you place somebody who's more on a casual level and you expect them to live at that intimate level, you're going to frustrate them and yourself and there won't be a rhythm. Rhythm in relationships comes when you understand this is a level of relationship that it's at and not put expectations on that relationship that can never be met because that's not the level that they're at. So know and understand the level of that relationship in order to have a rhythm in a relationship. And then lastly here, number six, I just give you some rhythm helpers. We could say much more in this message about these things, but just giving you some ideas to start thinking about it. If all we do is we leave here and start thinking about how do I get my life in rhythm and have a rhythm in my relationships, it's great. We used to have something called Hamburger Helper. I don't know if you had that. I don't know if he's still around, Hamburger Helper. We used to have Hamburger Helper. You have so much meat, and you put a lot of other stuff to make it go further. So mom had Hamburger Helper. These are rhythm helpers that help us for relationships. Uh, allow God to keep the beat in your home, in your relationships, in your family. Here on the worship team, the drum, the bass guitar, they keep the beat. And everybody knows you know, I'll sometimes see James or the worship leaders, okay, slow it down a bit. When the drummer slows it down, everybody gets in sync with the drum. In our relationships, in our marriage, God beats the drum. He sets the rhythm. So if there's a challenge, we go back to God. Say, God, okay, we submit this to you. And in our relationships, especially intimate family relationship, let God keep the beat, the rhythm for your relationship. Uh, rhythm is kept when you have a common vision. If you don't, you perish. And it can be, depending on the level of relationship, the common vision could be on the soccer team. By the way, we've got an amazing men's soccer team in the church. Woo! Hear it for the men's soccer team. You guys won both your games last week. We have two teams. Last year, one team. This year, we got two teams. And uh, they're just smoking hot because they've had one game each, and they won each one of them. So we think they're on a winning season. We won't talk about the Canucks. Unless they win tonight. Anyhow, that's another story. <laughs> Having a common vision, that'll bring relationship. The, you know, they play hockey. There's a relationship because they have this common vision. Uh, loving in the good times and bad keeps rhythm. Being open and honest keeps rhythm in relationships. Knowing when to talk and when to listen keeps rhythm. Sometimes just better to be quiet. Sometimes better to share something. These are just a number of points to keep rhythm. Encouragement is huge for rhythm in your relationships. The Bible says encourage each other and all the more. Encouragement is giving that swing a push. Remember when you were kids, you're on the playground, come along and give that swing another push. Encouragement gives your relationship a push, whereas gossip, criticism, comparison, and jealousy will kill your relationship. Even if that person's not there, and you're criticizing them or, or speaking evil about them, bringing them down, it will affect their relationship. Words will slow down and take their relationship off course. And then lastly, have fun in your relationships. Much more could be said about it, but rhythm in life equals rhythm in relationships. Healthy relationships leads to an abundant, amazing life. God is the author of rhythm. He's the author of relationships. Embracing him, you embrace good relationships. It's important to embrace God. 
how do I get into a relationship with God? Maybe you're here this morning and say, I don't have a relationship with God. I know about God. I have an intellectual understanding of Him. But really, you have to embrace Him in your heart. And that's a decision you make. Say, Lord, I invite you to come into my life. I want to take a moment to pray just before we honor the moms and invite everybody just to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. If you're here today and you have never opened up your heart and said, Lord, I want to be in rhythm with you. I want to accept what you've done for me. What keeps us out of rhythm with God is sin in our life. But if we come to him and say, Lord, forgive me. I want a new life. I receive what you've done for me through Christ. It puts us into a rhythm. It puts us in sync with our creator, with God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to download free notes from this message or find out more information about Pastor Dave Coop, then we invite you to visit our website at www.coastalchurch.org.